Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, who cut the cheese? Well, if it was done right, it was a cheesemonger. Carly Lisk, owner of Culture Beer and Cheese in Brighton, Michigan, is here to see if Paula can make some cheddar as a cheesemonger. Can Paula learn to slice the cheese, smell it, and sell it? We'll find out. Plus, nobody Kelly Houseman placed a winning bid in an auction to raise money for Chris Everett Charities. Her prize? Getting to be on our podcast. Our prize? Exploring the mind of a nobody. Kelly Houseman, Coke or Pepsi, Mac or PC, would you rather have a dog with a cat's mind or a cat with a dog's mind? We'll dig into the brain of a nobody, which means finding out more about all of us. I'm Adam Felber, the man who every week valiantly tries to keep our conversational cheese from being moved. And now, please welcome the woman who grates every topic into shreds and sprinkles it across the Dorito of our consciousness... Paula Poundstone! Hey, you guys! Hey, Paula! Thank you so much! So nice to be back here with you. Thank you, Adam, and thanks to tonight's house band. He's a nobody, a director, and a euphonium player. Dustin Moberg from Caledonia, Minnesota. And hi, especially, in fact, I'm not even talking to Dustin right now. Hi, yeah. Dustin's daughter, Millie. Hi, Millie. Hi, Millie. Hi, Millie. Oh, everybody's here. The whole gang's here. Paula, what's new in Poundstoneville? I think I came up with a cure for the COVID-19. The COVIDs? How? What? I got a cure for the COVID. Okay, so the other day I was uh, grocery shopping, you know, at the store that wouldn't hire me. But then later, while I was shopping over the PA, came an announcement saying, if you'd like to work at Vons, please apply. Um, I'm glad. That that, I'm glad that you didn't mention Vons' name. Go ahead. No, because that's not necessary. So I was at yeah. the Vons that wouldn't hire me. Uh-huh. And then, uh, all right. So anyway, so I, w- I got down to the Kleenex and the toilet paper section, which usually is, you know, totally empty. But on this day, it wasn't totally empty. There was one box of Kleenex and I, and I got it. And it had a plastic, uh, you know, label over the top of the cardboard that said yes. Kleenex kills 99.9% of cold and flu viruses. 99.9%. And then in smaller print, it said in yes. the tissue within 15 minutes. And then in smaller, smaller print, it said if you boil the tissue. Now, um... Wait, what? Couldn't... <laughs> could, couldn't we just inject Kleenex under the skin? Yeah. 
and I think I think if we if we inject Kleenex under the skin and and maybe strip down and take an ultraviolet light up our behinds like the president recommends, um, <laughs> we should be able to clear out all all the covids, all those covids should be killed. No, it doesn't have to be ultraviolet. Have you ever noticed that pigeons don't seem to have COVID-19? That's because they nest in the traffic lights. So if instead oh. of instead of going when the light turns green, if you just shove it up your butt, then uh you could that could be one way of curing the COVID. Uh, yeah, anyways, I was so excited. I, my guess is, you know, they're not letting Fauci on television anymore. The, the, the government isn't. Um, and so uh, my guess is they're probably going to yeah. get rid of him entirely and bring me on to the coronavirus task <clears throat> Yeah, uh, it uh, sounds like you're, you've got it pretty much covered there. I mean, I have to say, I've always wondered about those mouthwashes that claim to eliminate 99.9% of bacteria. Yeah, but that's only if you keep it in your mouth. If you swallow it or spit it out, it doesn't work. Right, but what I'm what I'm asking is, if that's true, uh, why do they provide those little individual sanitary paper cups with them? What little individual? I mean, if it really kills that much bacteria, shouldn't I be able to just drink it out of an old shoe or something? Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hadn't Same. thought about that. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, apparently the answer. This is sort of like in The Wizard of Oz. The answer is all around us. We just have to reach out and grab it, you know? It was with us all along. Right, precisely. I am so hoping that the solution is cat pee because I am going to (laughs) be... Yeah. My house will be packed with people and we'll be able to hug each other and everything because, uh, you know, the protection just my cats be all over my house. And so there's not there's not there's not a square inch of my house that wouldn't kill the covid. That's good. I mean, between your Kleenexes and your cat pee, I, I think you are you are covid free at this point. Yeah, I just love that, that it says in big letters kills. 99.9% 99.9% of cold and flu viruses. And then, really, you have to strain to see the small lettering where it says, in the tissue within 15 minutes. Well, I wasn't concerned wow. about the virus in the tissue. The virus where it's problematic is in me. In right. the tissue, but if, I don't if you much care what tissue... happens to it. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I, guess I hear that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have I been using the tissue wrong? I just blow into it. It never (laughs) occurred to me to somehow shove it into a part of my body. I think that's more for people who are worried about those those little bathroom trash cans becoming hotbeds of virus and disease. No, it's for people that don't see very well. That's what it's for. They're counting on, you know, when they have to, because the print is so small where it says in the tissue within 15 minutes. Oh, Um, I see. Uh, that's why when I throw a tissue away, I just stand over the trash can and watch. Because <laughs> there's no danger. No, uh, not, you know, uh, no. At, at about 14 minutes, you can start to hear, uh, 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 and that's uh, the virus dying. I, You know, I don't like viruses, but I always hate to hear them go like that. Yeah. 
I don't think they should suffer the way that they do in a Kleenex. (laughs) No, you just, how come you can't just step on them? Oh, speaking of stepping on, it is big Logie fly season at the Poundstone house. Did I tell you that? Oh, no, you didn't tell me. They're back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You can literally step on them sometimes. That's how, like, like they really, they really don't have a lot of survival mechanisms. No, they're just slow and logy, and you would think one of my cats might enjoy chasing one down and getting rid of it for me, but they don't. You, so do you uh, Do you spend your days with a fly swatter now? No, it's not even necessary. You, you know, what I do is I take a Kleenex that's uh, about 14 <laughs> minutes into the process out of the trash right. can, and I smush Hit it. Hit it with a virus. Yeah. Yeah. If I find a spider, I take it outside, right? If I most bugs, but these big loggy flies or a mosquito or I uh-huh. guess a um what was the thing that we had the what was the thing that we had the big infestation of termites. Your termites? Yeah. Yeah. When I had the termite mounds, I took no prisoners. I, I just got rid of those. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. probably fair. Yeah. Termite mounds <laughs> well, like you'd yeah. see in Africa. Yeah, yeah, we, I, 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 right behind yeah. your refrigerator. They were behind my refrigerator. Yeah, it was like yeah. I'd gone on yeah. safari. <laughs> I, I like that we're sort of turning the beginning of this episode into a clip show. I, you know what? It was worth reminiscing. Remember worth when Paula it, found? You know, a, a number of our listeners claim to have been like physically sickened by that description. Oh, is that true? Oh, yeah. I didn't hear it in mailbag. <laughs> well, uh, Tony, Tony, need a haul next week. Can we do some mailbag? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Really? Now, speaking Apparently, of Tony, need a haul. You know, I was Go just ahead. telling it like it is. I, I'm not responsible for what took place. There, I, I, I did all I could to clear it up. Um, but the, who was the guy that was upset because he said that uh, he said I activated his gag reflex when I cut myself in half? Oh, I don't remember who that was, I, but uh, I you did activate Richard, a gag maybe, reflex. Maybe yeah. it was Richard. Yeah, the uh, yeah. yeah. Who who who? You know, what's interesting to me is Richard just likes to lay blame. He doesn't look at himself and say maybe I have a too active gag reflex. Maybe it's a little hair trigger. It could be acid reflux. Exactly. It doesn't have to yeah. be my fault. No, it 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 would sure be a, a hell of a coincidence, though, wouldn't it? No, I don't think so. At the, no at the, else... at the moment that you're viscerally describing your bowels uh, evacuating after cutting yourself in half, <laughs> he also happens to again, have eaten a bad taco. Again, that is not the language that I used. Tony... <laughs> I don't remember. I'm gonna, exactly I'm gonna tell said. you that it was similar to that, but it wasn't that. I didn't use it the was, word evacuated. I think I you think, used releasing. I think you may yes. have used releasing. I think you may have used releasing. I did use releasing. Yeah, yeah, what's the problem, Richard? She was just talking about her severed bowels releasing uh in, in the lower half of her body. In His a hefty bag. Ed. It's Ed. Oh, it was, oh, it was Ed. Ed. Oh yeah. Well, now well, that then, we've yeah. now that now that we've talked about him on air, he's actually gone uh, on the witness protection program, and now his name is Richard. Uh, right. Well, because there, we see because you, Ed. There, were, there were so many there were so many uh, nobodies who <laughs> so enjoyed talking about my bowels releasing that they're upset that Ed 
yeah. Ed canceled you know, the fun. I, I got to say, we have a lot of comments from nobodies uh, on those great iTunes reviews that people are leaving. And by the way, keep keep leaving those. And also on our Facebook page, it's extremely active. And I and and on Twitter, and I've never seen a single nobody step up and say that they love that description, Paula. What description? Of your bowels <laughs> releasing. Adam, ew, ew, how could you say that? <laughs> <laughs> All righty. On that note, Tony Anita Hull, how are you? What's new in Studio City or Sherman um, Oaks? I'm good. I, I took the 3rd of July off, and I watched The Babysitter's Club. <laughs> That's you watch The Babysitter's what? Club? Yes. The new Babysitter's Club on Netflix. Highly recommended. It's a show Is that for a all series ages. or a, it's a, a series. movie? It's a series based on a series of books I read as, as a little girl. And it's Very so popular good. series of books. Very popular series. The new series on Netflix was awesome. So good. I love wow. it. Wow. Wow. That's all I have to say. Really? It's huh. updated for huh. the Boy. times. They have, but they have a landline. It's so good. So while the rest <laughs> of the nation was enjoying finally getting their first non thousand dollar chance to see Hamilton, you were watching <laughs> the Babysitters Club. Yes, I was. Don't knock until right. you've tried it. Don't knock until you've tried it. I, I think I'll never be able to knock it then. Hey, uh, moving all <laughs> on then. Uh, <laughs> as long as we're going around the horn. Uh, I was very excited <laughs> to share that with the world. So you know what? Fuck you people. Fuck you people. Oh, oh my God. Wow. So Tony and Needle Hole. How can Whoa, you even? Uh, Tony and Needle Hole. Uh, you have forgotten yourself. <laughs> oh, you, Tony, she's uh, Adam Felber. You have pushed her to a, a place where she has gone off a rocker. I've never heard oh. Tony Anita Hall speak such language before. She just a, a few minutes ago, she was uh, speaking so lovingly of the babysitters club, and now she has some foul gutter mouth language coming from my precious Tony Anita Hall. Wow, but Tony, uh, y- y- you have. You Yikes. have managed to scandalize your biggest fan, our resident I'm Southern sorry. Belle hand puppet, Mrs. Culpepper. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. Culpepper. Well, that's it's all it's all right, Tony. I I, I understand that sometimes I, I'm a little bit on edge because of uh, the focus of t- today's first interview. Why? Oh, you mean you mean the fact that we're having a listener on the show later? No, it's not the listener. I'm, I'm excited to hear the listener. Uh, it's the uh, other interview, the the interview that may, you mentioned first. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're you're talking about um, uh, what's her name? Carly Les- Lisk. She's a um, she's a cheesemonger. Why would that be upsetting yeah, to anybody? Yeah, she is. She's a a cheesemonger. Uh, uh, I'm a little. Well, why would that uh, be upsetting? That's a, that's a sensitive subject. Are you lactose intolerant, Mrs. Culpepper? I'm not lactose intolerant. It's not that. Oh. Uh, what is it then, if I may ask? Well, I've had an incident in my background that is uh, uh, painful to remember, and the subject of oh. cheese is difficult uh, to uh, uh, to speak of. 
what on earth could that be? I mean, look, if you're not lactose intolerant, then then why why would cheese upset you unless unless you or somebody you loved happened to die of triotoxism or something? That's exactly what happened, Adam Felber. Uh, Captain oh, Culpepper passed away from a a a, a, a bout with a, a tyrotoxism, which was a. a uh, po- poisoning by a cheese or other dairy product, and it was a cheese. It was a cheese, <laughs> a bad cheese. <laughs> huh. If your manga oh. mentions the Gouda, I will leave the show. Oh, why? Was it the Gouda that got him? It was the Gouda that got him. That is correct, Adam Pilmer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, I, I got to say, Mrs. Culpepper... I would look at every setback as an opportunity, and today's uh, uh, cheesemonger appearance might just be an opportunity for you to learn how to throw your next dinner party safely. I don't serve cheese at a dinner party, uh, Adam Felber. That would be like... Oh, you don't? No. That would be like (laughs) Lizzie Borden sharpening her axe at at an axe-throwing party. No, I don't have dinner parties. (laughs) Besides, a now terrible I'm analogy. Stuck. Well, all right, it was not a great analogy. You're right about that. Besides, I'm stuck now at Paula Poundstone's house during the stay-at-home order. All right. Um, uh, you know what? Speaking of, of of somebody just kind of out of nowhere yelling "fuck you all," um, let's move on to Bonnie Burns. Uh, why don't you guys all go fuck yourselves? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Because I, I do feel like Tony was just kind of sh- uh, channeling you a moment ago, Bonnie Burns. How are you? What's new? No, I was kidding. It, it's really good to hear you guys' voices. Um, you know, things are good. I've gotten a lot of response, Adam, to my interview with you. And two nobodies turn- it turned out two nobodies went to Camp Coloqua. No. Camp Coloqua? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a number of people... Um, went on Facebook and posted that they also made bread, wrapped it around sticks, and roasted it over an <laughs> open fire. No, I'm not kidding. I know. Yes, not. I know. But uh, Bonnie, yeah, a lot of people did make bread over fires with dough wrapped around a stick. Many of them are elderly now because it took place during the encampments uh, in the uh, Great Depression. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was basically. Uh, I, I believe that kind of food is known as a Hoover Town delight. But uh, for yeah, those exactly. of you who didn't actually uh, listen to that episode, uh, we were talking about summer camp experiences a couple of weeks ago, and, and apparently Bonnie Burns went to a place called Camp Coloca, um, which is colloquial for something. And no, it was, one of their main activities <laughs> there was putting was. putting dough on a stick and roasting it over a fire. Right, and it was camp down and out, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was they camp all, shanty town. Learned, yeah, they also they also learned how to how to cut uh, fingerless gloves, uh, <laughs> bindle sack tying one hundred and one, how to open a can of beans, and of course, all, box almost car all hopping. the way. 
not 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 to not to open the can of beans all the way. That's important, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, oh, and there's there, of course that merit badge you get for stealing a pie off a windowsill when it's cooling. <laughs> no, and some people had their camp had cleverer ways to make the dough. Like I think one of them people used like, like Bisquick mix or something biscuit mix. They used like biscuit mix made up for yeah. them. Yeah. So it wasn't so if, unusual is one of my points, okay? Not in the 30s it wasn't. It wasn't the 30s, okay? <laughs> and here's another thing. Remember I told you like whoa he low? Well, one yeah. person wrote in, here's the easy thing. Whoa is wait, wait, work. Wait. He yeah. is health and low is love. Work, health, love. Yes, huh. in fact, um <laughs> just so everybody knows at Wohilo. At Bonnie's at Bonnie's hobo camp, they 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 used to say Wohilo. It wasn't a hobo camp. At, at the end of a night, you just know, as they were all the... bedding down in the straw in their boxcars, they, they called out Wohilo to one another. They would yell Wohilo at one another, and 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 a couple of our astute listeners um, were able to determine that that wasn't so much a, a Native American word as it was sort of a, a girls' club contraction for. Um, what was it, Bonnie? You just said it. It was work, health, work, love. health, love, work, yeah. health, and love. Wohilo. Yes, yeah. Wohilo. Yeah, sure. It's been modified this year to unpaid work, health, love. Um. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. internship, health, love. One of the activities that the kids just loved, and I'm sure you got a lot of Facebook response on this, Bonnie, was uh, the thing of finding uh, cigarettes. Uh, by the sidewalk that were um, had been smoked Not almost smoked. to the end. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and also, oh my gosh, this was something that kids uh, looked for. Like when they left camp, they cried because they weren't able to do this activity for a little while, which is when yeah. they would fold up the newspaper inside their shoe um, right. to cover the hole in the sole. The kids loved that. They loved that. Yeah. And then that 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 fun that fun merit badge that you could earn for selling apples for a nickel apiece. Oh, that was fantastic! They did love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm glad people were able to respond to that. Uh, yeah, no, they said that I brought back a lot of familiar memories for them. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah. No, I noticed that they said familiar memories, but not fond memories. I think there was not treasured memories. I think there was fond was in there a couple of times. No, I no. In all in all seriousness, uh, your 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 um your reminiscences of your summer camp did get a lot of response from our listeners, and, and one day soon we'll read some of them during mailbag. <laughs> oh, I can't wait! Can't I wait for wait. mailbag. My favorite. Me neither, Tony. Do you know, I was uh, the other day, and I'm not proud of this, but I was Zooming with Bonnie. Uh, so we were on a Zoom call, and uh, she was okay. in a chair, but she slowly slid <laughs> down the chair during the conversation because she's she's not used to being upright. And so eventually you could just sort of see up her nose and the top of her head. Yeah, for those of you who haven't been following it closely, as far as we can tell, Bonnie has spent about 
95% of this four-month stay-at-home order um, either in bed or on the couch downstairs. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, it's... At hobo camp, they used to call her non-ambulatory Bonnie. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, once when Now, I, I was... want you to grab these mashed okay, potatoes wait. and bring them to the horizontal girl over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, once when I was like 15, I think I was mm-hmm. like mad at my parents or something, I went to like a convenience place in my car and I ate like three quarters of a bag of cookies. And I remember sitting there and going, oh my God, I just ate three quarters of a bag of cookies. Who does that? And then like today I thought- I do. Oh good, I don't feel so badly. But back then I didn't know you. And you know, I was 15 or 16. So today I thought, you know, I think it's been, I've washed my hair twice since March. <laughs> and then- like, Wow. <laughs> I really do. Like I could give well, okay, information that is, about that. Yeah, that's no. More... I, th- I think I think we should have ended the segment where you talk about five minutes ago. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we need to know about your childhood shame about eating cookies in a car and however that's related to you not washing no, it's your related hair. Because like, <laughs> save this for your own podcast. You get it, right, Paula? No, it's like the same thing. Like who goes? Since middle of March, and only washes her hair twice. It's embarrassing. You know, here's, I'm being here's honest. What I re- here's what I recommend, and I really, uh, I want to <laughs> say two things. One is that honesty may be overrated. And the other thing. <laughs> Got to agree with you on that. Yeah. And the other thing, you, you know, you could, you could be honest, but not. Offer up information that wasn't asked, I guess. Um, but one thing yeah. you might want to do is take some Kleenex and just put it over your head. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. That'll keep that, that hair fresh. I got to say, Bonnie, well, I no, can top you because... it kills 99.9% of cold and flu viruses. And That's true. Right, wow. so it's got to be good for your hair. But I, but I, I got to tell you, I so... can... I you can know. absolutely top you, Bonnie, because um, about three or four weeks ago, I washed <laughs> he my hair. Have any hair. <laughs> no, no, I'll have you know. About three or four weeks ago, I washed my hair with shampoo for the first time in fourteen years. Wow! What? And hair? I've done it since then again, huh? What hair? Right. You don't have any hair. Well, uh, I do now. I, I started shaving or clipping my hair really close a long time ago. So for the oh. first time in a long time, I've I've grown my hair out because why the hell not as long as we're all standing oh, home? I, so there is some, but you shave it. Oh, I thought your daughter had gotten you a membership to to uh, Cy Sperling's Hair Club for Men. No, no, nothing that great. Oh, okay. All right. So I was assuming that you actually didn't have hair anymore, but you've been cutting it close, oh. clipping it. Shaving it. Or You've even, been doing. It's actually, like for the last Walter decade, White I've been shaving thing. my head. Yeah, I've been I've been shaving my head in the shower um, for years. Oh, huh. I didn't know that. And Boy. and now I have hair that's you know kind of kind of shaggy. It's long. Really? You need pair- to post a picture. I want to see I? that. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't pretty. Um, but yeah. Do you notice how doing. none of us said that to you, Bonnie, when you said you've only washed your hair twice <laughs> since March? No one went, you should post a picture. You know what? There's yeah, a point mentioned. at which it just goes back to looking normal. That's the part you guys don't know. 
No, there's oh, a point at which you think it's normal. Oh, that's the part I really normal. didn't want to hear. Oh. <laughs> you know, yes, there's a part you know at what? which there's a time at which it, it it starts to be so weighed down by grime that it looks straight again. Yes. It doesn't look like that. It's fine. I don't no. see anybody. What difference does it make? <laughs> I, you know what? This is a perfect like audio resume for you to be a camp counselor at Camp Hobo next summer. <laughs> You know, I, I just I just got to say that, like, if if Ed decided to come back after the bowels thing and listen to our show again, I hope you've learned your lesson now. Yeah, no, I think we've I think I think we've lost Ed entirely. Uh, hey, by the hey, way, Paula, do you have of, a word for us? I yeah. do. But before Me I tell too. you that, I did you just say thank you, Tony? Um, I, before I tell you that, I want to mention <laughs> that uh, we. We do still have the 100th caller contest, so please keep those calls coming in. Um, the 100th caller on uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone uh, can receive any appliance they want for free from Roger Federer's uh, appliance store over on Miranda Street. And also a okay. chance to hang out with Adam after the game. By the way, Adam, did you see yes. somebody put up on Twitter a thing about Roger Federer? Apparently he's not going to play uh, tennis this year. Um, so I was right. I kept saying, you go, he doesn't have a appliance store. And I said, he does. And you go, no, he makes so much money playing tennis. And I said, no, tennis doesn't go on forever. And, uh, so I was right. So, so wait, just because you predicted that an athlete would someday no longer be a pro athlete, which has happened to every athlete ever. Um, that makes you right about Federer's alleged store. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to be clear what you were taking yeah. credit for here. That's fine. Yeah. I was I wasn't sure that you would be able to graciously accept that you were wrong, but that was really good. Um, you know, this is gonna knock you over with a feather when I tell you that I have a word. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's revivify. Um, revivify. Revivify. It's a verb that means give new life or strength to someone or something. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. I know okay. that I am lucky to have nobody's revivify my spirits after life slaps me in the face with the cold dead fish of reality all week. Well, that's good. Revivify. <laughs> can, 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 I, I have two comments before we, we go on, because I, 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 I sense and dread that we're going on to your vocabulary song, which I, of course, love. Um, but... I'm a surprised that you didn't know the word revivify. And B I'm full of surprises, uh, Adam. I'm unclear as to the as to the difference between revivify and revive. I think revivify is more fun to say. Okay. Point taken. <laughs> Hit it. Yeah. You know, and, and Adam Out of one, two, three, four. In, there's poems and songs that Uh, this week's word is revivify. It's a verb that means give new life or strength to someone or something. It happens when you eat a ring ding. Last week's word was parlous. It's an adjective from old use or humor. It means dangerously uncertain, precarious, like a maskless idiot with the virus. 
The week before that, we had incommodious. It's an adjective that means causing discomfort or inconvenience, like when the meter maid doesn't show any lenience. Going back before that, we had kazooistry. It's a noun that means the use of clever but false reasoning. It's not wrong to eat meat if you use seasoning. And not long ago, we had augury. It's a noun that means a sign of what will happen in the future. An omen. After the Seder, the kids are going to find the afikoman. Let's never forget Galima Free, which I pronounced wrong until no, nobody James Hyder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable. Replicable, but I do, I do, I do, I do. Wow. All right. Uh, not for nothing, Paula. I, I think you might have mispronounced Gallimaufry there again. <laughs> oh, I did. You're right. Gallimaufry. My mistake. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry, James Hyder. You know, you. Uh, I relapsed. I relapsed. That's yeah, what that'll I, happen. You're absolutely right. I, it rolls off my tongue as Gallimaufry, but you're right. It's Gallimaufry. Oh, boy. Right. Thanks for saving me on that one. I was oh, gonna no be problem, in, Paula Pounds. I, I was yeah, going to be in pronunciation listeners. jail. Absolutely. And believe me, our listeners, many of whom come from the world of public radio, would not forgive that very, very easily. Oh, no. They, uh, they would rather hear they would rather hear me talk about my bowels releasing after I was cut in half than hear me say. Not Kalimba necessarily. Free. Well, except for Ed. I feel like that might be stretching. Well, yeah, except for Ed. <laughs> except for Ed, who doesn't give a shit how words are pronounced. We don't know that. <laughs> You can only die on one hill, Adam. <laughs> Technically, that is true. <laughs> Hello, Adam Philbert. It is our French Trump announcing to oh. you, nobodies, that I will answer all the fake news questions correctly at another French Trump presidential press conference mini-podcast that drops each week on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time. There's a three-hour time difference, which I calculated with new computer and new scratch paper because I am a very stable genius. Well, uh, we all look forward to that, French Trump. Anyway, everybody, coming up, Charles de Gaulle said, how can you govern a country which has 246 varieties of cheese? He had a point, but we have a genuine cheesemonger who will help us dig into at least some of those varieties of fromage when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our 
class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get 14-karat uh, gold jewelry and, like, all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Mary Travers of Peter, Paul, and Mary said... No, I'm not rehearsing. I saw a bug. Ew. Thank you, house band Dustin Moberg. Thank you, Dustin. And I hope Millie is enjoying the show. She better be listening. God damn it. (laughs) Uh, Paula, you know, performance venues are closed, and that makes things tough for, uh, you know, people in the arts, especially comedians. Yeah, not so much painters, I think you'll find. Yeah, they have an easy time. Yeah. Yeah, or people who like sew, or yes, even singers because they can do it from their house. Well, to it's an a extent. huge problem, Adam. Yes, because that's how I make my living. So I'm looking for a new job. 
one of our nobodies suggested this, by the way. Someone said, Paula, you should become a cheesemonger. A cheesemonger? Yeah. Now, why did somebody suggest that? I have no it, idea. It was, do you it, love it was, cheese? It, um, I do like cheese. I try to eat vegan, so I eat fake cheese now. Occasionally I cheat and have real cheese. I try not to bother cows, though. Uh, 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 but, uh, you know, look, maybe it's a way to make a living. Maybe this is someone who is really hoping I would get off stage anyways. Maybe this you, is like it a, could be that. Maybe there's a new form of taunting. Like instead of throwing tomatoes or yelling "you suck," they go, "You should be a cheesemonger." I don't that know. That would be maybe. an excellent, excellent heckle. Let's be yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, that's a high quality heckle. If you're out there listening, when they're uh, when when the comedy venues do open up and you're seeing a comedian and that comedian sucks, feel free to yell. Have you considered cheesemongering? <laughs> So that may have been the genesis of the suggestion. I'm really not certain. <clears throat> well, uh, that's but- fine. Well, you know, fortunately, we have a professional cheesemonger here who can tell you whether you have what it takes to become a big cheese in the world of fromage. Oh, I hope she doesn't. I just hope she doesn't. Oh, uh, Mrs. Culpepper, you're just going to have to sit back and <laughs> pretend it ain't happening. Yes, it's time for Career Corner, where we learn about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? How about a train engineer? Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder. What can you do with your life? Career Corner has the answer. This week, let's explore a career as a cheesemonger. And here to help Paula discover if she could cut it in the stressful, high-stakes world of cheesemongering, it's the co-owner of Culture Beer and Cheese in Brighton, Michigan, Carly Lisk. Hi. Hi, Paula. Hi, Adam. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. We really do. Let's start with the basics, Carly. What's a cheesemonger? Well, a cheesemonger is basically someone who, at the basic level, sells cheese. Um, But even more specifically, someone who lovingly takes care of and thoughtfully sells cheese to other people. So you're not so, just you're not just throwing slices of craft at people. Exactly. So um, cheese is a living object, so it changes as it sits in the case. So we regularly have to, you know, unwrap it, cut it apart, look at it, smell it, taste it, of course, make sure it's still good, and it changes a lot. So it's going to change the flavor as it goes on. Wow. And so. We're, we're also kind of storytellers, and so that's why I think, Paula, you could definitely be a cheesemonger. In You're what way are you storytellers? Um, so this is one of my favorite parts about being a cheesemonger is because you're not just throwing a piece of cheese at somebody and saying, here, taste this. It's from a sheep. No, that would be a cheese thrower. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but telling people more about where that cheese came from, the farm it came from, what breed of cow or goat or sheep it came from, how the cheese maker came upon this recipe. There's um, a lot of little details that we don't always think about when we just pick something up at the m- local market. That's absolutely I've never, true. I've never thought about it. Uh, never even. <laughs> it's this idea that it's a live thing. Never really occurred to me either. I mean, so isn't it like a uh, like a mold or something to begin with? Is cheese well, a mold? <laughs> um, not to begin with. To begin with, you do need a culture or a starter or something that's going to help coagulate the milk and help 
separate the curds from the whey. And then later on, you can introduce molds if you're talking about anything from like a blue, um, a blue meat. Like a blue meat, a blue cheese, especially you think of that blue mold, which is called penicillin roqueforti. But even like a brie cheese, that white stuff on the outside is a mold. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was packaging. Um, it is. It's a natural packaging. <laughs> do you eat so the white stuff on the outside, or you, do you not eat the stuff on the white? The, the white from the outside. You are supposed to eat the stuff on the outside. It is a personal choice. So if you don't. Uh, you know, don't feel bad about it. But in our minds, the cheesemongers are judging you for not eating that rind on the outside. <laughs> okay, you're, you're, you're judging us. I, when, when I do eat cheese, I, I love brie. And I do eat the outside of the brie, even though I thought it was packaging. I just ate the packaging. I hate waste. <laughs> but do you waste know... Waste not one not. Exactly. Do you know who won't eat the packaging on the outside of the brie? The, the, uh, the natural packaging is um, people who won't wear masks. Uh, I've seen them interviewed at a rodeo the other day, and they said, yep. "They said uh-huh. we're Americans, and we get to make choices about what we do." And so, boy, you cannot force them. My cheese, my choice. My cheese, my choice. <laughs> get so your true. government hands off my cheese. Yeah, remember when the government was offering cheese? It was when Reagan was in, in office. Didn't he offer, like, poor people cheese? Government I cheese, think, yeah. Government cheese is a thing. I don't think it was specifically a Reagan thing. Do you want to talk about that, Carly? I don't know too much about government cheese, I'm afraid. I kind of specialize in artisanal cheese, but I assume they gave it out because <laughs> it was something that they could easily make and it was very nutritious. Excellent. Is it, is it very nutritious, Carly? It is. Cheese actually has a lot of vital um, vitamins and nutrients that you need. It also releases little neurotransmitters that go up to your brain, and they release dopamine, which makes you happy, and adrenaline, and epinephrine. Like chocolate. um, Like chocolate. The protein in cheese called casein is related to the opioid family. So it's definitely going to make you happy. I didn't know that. And so the opioid crisis was... Caused by sheep? That's absolutely not. This might be a way of solving it. I don't know if anyone's looked into it. Maybe maybe high quantities of cheese would would help. So how, Carly, how did you become a cheesemonger? How does one go about doing this? And what's the educational process? Um I sort of You don't have to answer that as a light opera, by the way, but you can. Because that's the kind of question that should lead to a Gilbert and Sullivan type, you know, like, when I was a girl, just a little, you know, but. I would like that. Oh, yeah. I didn't prepare a full song, Um, but I was a former entertainer. So uh, I I was a theater background. Uh, Theater wasn't quite doing it for me in New York City. And I wanted to do something in food. I knew food made me happy and I could make other people happy. And a friend came to me and said, hey, I work at this restaurant. They have a job at their cheese counter and you would be perfect because you actually like talking to people and you seem to be interested in food and this could be the perfect thing for you. And um, I, I kind of lied my way through the interview and I got hired and I studied very, very quickly and studying about cheese is eating. Um, so that was kind of amazing. Wow. So yeah. when your friend yeah. said you seem to be interested in food, did you have your head like in a big can of something at that moment? <laughs> it's a, I'm not sure that's a complimentary thing to say to somebody. You seem to be interested in food. 
we were working at a restaurant together. So it was oh, kind okay. of a natural jump. I wasn't just walking around with my like horse trough flung around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when you said that you learned, uh, did, did you like Google cheese or something? Like when you first went to the interview, did you, did you look stuff up before you went or you just got there and sort of BSed your way through? No, I totally looked stuff up, stuff up before I went. I was working at an Italian restaurant at the time that had a small cheese list. So I memorized everything that was on that list. And I went to the interview and I said, oh, well, I only know Italian cheese. Because that's what oh, I'm working with. Oh, that's great. Um, but that's I wasn't lie. even like, yeah, that was I was really the major D at that restaurant. I wasn't even like a waiter or in the kitchen. So I really BSed. But that's where my theater degree came in handy. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, never say your theater you, degree doesn't come in handy, people, because it does. When remember <laughs> when you went in, kind of um, shimmying your elbows back and forth from your hips, saying, "If I were a cheesemonger, a dia 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 dia," because that's where your theater background really mm-hmm. came in. <laughs> Had Do you done I that? I love cheese. Do I what? Do I love cheese? <laughs> um, <That's>, I got. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm a great. Jewish cheesemonger. I've done so many productions of Fiddler. Yes. Oh, is oh, that wow. true? See, I knew that was the background. Is this the Gouda that I carried? Is this the little Brie that played? <laughs> you had to say Gouda, didn't you, Adam Felba? You just oh, had okay. to say Gouda. We've opened up a can of worms here, and I will try to put them back in the can. Um... We have a popular hand puppet character on this show named Mrs. Culpepper, whose um, whose husband you had you had oh uh, uh, you had Mrs. Culpepper on your show. I'm leaving. Nobody uh, listens to Pulpa. You you could have chosen any cheese, any fromage, but you had to say Gouda. Well, I wanted to approach the problem forthright, and I, and and it leads to an important question, Mrs. Culpepper, that I would like to ask Carly. Carly, have you encountered? Uh, tyrotoxism. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, toxic cheese? What? Yes. Oh, um, no. Oh, tyrotoxism. I'm confused, Mrs. Culpepper. Could you explain yourself further? I, I, I can't call it. I'd be, I'd be happy to do so in a, uh, only in the most academic of terms. Oh, uh, tyrotoxism, Carla, is a uh, poisoning by a, 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 a cheese or other dairy products, and uh, it can be lethal. And it is my my husband, uh, my dearly departed Captain Culpepper, uh, passed from such. Uh, a uh, poisoning. Oh, well, um, that is something to be concerned about. There are listeria outbreaks that happen from time to time, but um, nothing that happens too frequently. Luckily, uh-huh. our FDA does a pretty good job of keeping that in check. Well, this tyrotoxism, as far as I understand it, and I don't want to speak for Mrs. Culpepper, and I, I also realize that this must be the singularly most weird interview you've ever been part of, Carly, but... <laughs> Yeah. My understanding is that certain cheeses become toxic if you leave them out too long above room temperature. Well, with most soft cheeses, you don't want to leave them above, you know, at 70 degrees or above for longer than four hours because that is when extra bacteria can start to grow in effect. Um, and they'll certainly change the flavor and maybe they'll hurt your little tummy if you eat them when they're like that. What, your little tummy? He died, Carly. He died. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, but Mrs. Culpepper, I, I want you to, to, to just kind of uh, repair to your fainting couch for a moment because we do have other things to get to with Carly. <laughs> so, uh, Carly, how did you feel about the I Love Lucy episode when she brings the cheese home from Europe? Carly, you are under no obligation to pretend to remember that. This is not a job Thank interview. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad for that. Um, I, I think imported cheese is delicious. Good job, Lucy. I don't know, Paul. Uh, you know and what? How, how Carly, often are you asked to, it's to such quote? such a funny episode. I'm surprised. Isn't it shown at the beginning of every cheesemonger conference? Don't they show it on the big screen before people begin you know, to share their cheesemonger stories? That's not the one that comes up. The one that most often comes up to me as a cheesemonger are people trying to quote the Monty Python cheese I sketch. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it's a great sketch. <laughs> All the time. Huh. Let me ask you this question because I feel it, it's called for right here, which is, um, do, you, do the cheesemongers ever scrimmage with the fishmongers? <laughs> um, no, those two smells would just clash so badly together that we yeah. stay very far apart. <laughs> they don't hang out. Is that the only mongers? Are there other fear mongers? Oh, fear but they're mongers. Not same line. Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to gosh. ask about that because fear mongers and war mongers seem to be a sort of a very different use of the word monger. I mean, you're obviously a little bit judgmental, but you're not <laughs> trying to terrorize the populace into eating cheese. Right. Right. But what does monger mean? So there's the definition of which I am, which is a dealer or a trader or a salesman of, like cheesemonger or fishmonger. And uh -huh. the other one is more like a spreader of ideas. Oh. So I guess in that way, I'm spreading my ideas of cheese onto you, and I'm pushing my cheese ideals at you. Oh, man. I used to be a joke monger. Um, oh. <laughs> What size batches does cheese come in? Like when the, how do you guys get it at your restaurant? Does a big cheese truck pull up? Yes, I, I get a big cheese truck and I can get anything from full wheels. Um, most of the time, that's what you do. There are some cheese. When you say that, a full wheel, what does that look like? How big is it? That depends on the cheese. If you think of a manchego, you are familiar with a wheel of manchego or the cheese manchego? No. Um, that's, yes. oh my goodness. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Spanish sheep's milk, those come in wheels that are about six to seven pounds. So about eight wow. inches mm -hmm. in diameter. But then there's cheeses like Gruyere or Parmesan that come in 80-pound wheels. Oh, my gosh. Mm, so, so how do you get the 80-pound wheel in the, in, the, uh, in the refrigerated section there? And does it have anything to do with the word wheel? <laughs> um. Yes, you would roll it. Uh, you would cut <laughs> really? it before you put it in the fridge. <laughs> well, what I'm do you do with the rest of it? I'm lucky enough to buy it by quarter wheels. You just you store it and then you sell it, or you can Where buy it you... like I do in quarter wheels because I'm not strong enough to lift eighty pounds. Yeah, because I'm well, one woman. Oh, okay, are once... you the littlest cheesemonger? Once no, I'm cut the average it... size, but I can't lift eighty pounds. My goodness. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> once. <laughs> Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever worked a double shift and then been constipated for a week? <laughs> um, I am very fortunate. That has never been an issue that's affected me. So I don't understand what the rest of the world has to say about that. Listen, I have a glaucoma <laughs> and my eye doctor actually told me y y not to eat cheese. 
That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I, listen, Carly, I, one bite of, what was that one you asked me if I knew about? M- Manchego? Yeah, one bite of Manchego. I go blind. How about that? I wouldn't want you to go blind. But, no. I mean, it might be better than vegan cheese. And now, almost as as almost up- anything is better than vegan cheese. I only heartily I, agree with that. I eat it out of sheer guilt, not because. All right. So what? Um, is there a way to know if cheese is good without eating it? You could certainly use your other senses. So you could look at it and see if the color looks good. If there's any uh, discoloration, obviously, mm-hmm. if there's any visible mold. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say smelling, but obviously there are some cheeses that are supposed to smell bad while still tasting very good. So that's not always the most reliable. But if it smells like ammonia or cat pee, that might mean it's at the end of its life or possibly already gone. And then um, by like touch, if it's a softer cheese like a mozzarella that's supposed to be kind of springy and squishy, but it feels almost kind of slick or slimy, that means it's time to go. And what about the blue cheeses? Because they're made of mold. Do they grow bad molds too? And how do you tell the difference? They do. And uh, the the mold is just a different color blue. I I have to say to the trained eye, I think we know what we're looking for. Um, But I think even if you're at home and you find a piece of blue cheese that's been in the back of your fridge for a month and you open it up, even you, I think, would tell the difference between a kind of a fluffier, more um, like papery looking mold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. It makes total you know, sense. I, I'm, I'm a huge I, cheese fan, so yes. When I find okay, a blue okay. cheese, I try to cheer it up. Um, all right, now, uh, what's your oh, favorite cheese, Carly? <laughs> um, so some of my favorites are triple creams. There's one from France called Delice de Bourgogne that's yeah. really, really soft, very rich. Um, it's basically like salted butter that you can just eat with a spoon. Now, is that a and kind of brie? It is. So they're in the brie family. They have the same kind of white mold on the outside like you would have on a brie and same kind right. of rind, mm-hmm. but um, a higher butterfat content. The term oh, triple man. cream means that it has 70% or more butterfat. This wow. sounds right up my alley, sadly. Um, what so else? there's a, wait a minute, there's a brie family? Um, yeah, just like, you know, um, you have breeds of dogs or cats. The cheeses all come in different family styles as well. So you have fresh cheeses like ricotta and mozzarella. We have soft cheeses like brie family or soft or goat cheeses. And then semi-firm, firm, aged, blue, washed rind. You have to stop me here. I'll just keep talking about cheese. No, no, no. I love it. But that, that's, like, that's true because like when I want to um, uh, use a Parmesan cheese, for example, I notice that my choices involve Parmesan cheese and Romano cheese and Pecorino, whatever that is. And uh-huh. and what what's all going Wait on a minute. with that? Wait a minute. Back up. You don't know what Pecorino is? Well, I know it tastes a lot like Parmesan, if, if I remember correctly. Peck, yeah. Peca, Pecorino uh, is something that Joe Pesci said in Goodfellas. Hey, get out of here, Pecorino. That's exactly right. <laughs> what are you, some kind of Pecorino? <laughs> Do I look, am I funny, Pecorino? Um, all right, no, Carly, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Talk. Well, Pecorino, like Pecorino Romano, is very similar to Parmesan. They're both firm, dry, salty aged cheeses from Italy. The main difference would be that Pecorino is made from the sheep's milk or pecora. So pecorino oh. would mean like a little sheep or like a little sheep farmer. 
So anytime you see that word, you know that it's going to be sheep's milk and not cow's milk. Interesting. Uh, Now, we interrupted you, I mean, a thousand times, but most recently, (laughs) while you were telling us what some of your favorite cheeses, we didn't get past um, triple cream. Past the triple cream. Um, One of my other all-time favorites, I'm really sad, they don't import it into the U.S. anymore, but it's a little sheep's milk called Abbey de Belloc, and it's made by Benedictine monks in the French Pyrenees, and they've been making this cheese since the 1500s. And it wow. is absolutely gorgeous. It's semi-firm in texture, kind of, you can slice right through it, but it melts on your tongue. And it has this flavor of, um, like, brown sugar toasted apricots. It's oh. so amazing. And, wow. like, three, maybe four years ago, they were getting fed up with the U.S.'s um, restrictions. And they were just like, you know what? We're so tired of dealing with the FDA. Get out of here. No more cheese for you. We so, pissed off a bunch of monks. Honestly, you yeah, wouldn't think Benedictine <laughs> monks would come down that hard on people, huh? But there's another, um, a very, very famous similar cheese called Osoirati that does come to the States. Two years ago, it took first prize at the World Cheese Awards. So it's Wait out there. Minute. People there, know it's good. There are World Cheese Awards? <laughs> yes, there are so many cheese awards. Oh, it's hard my to keep God. Up. I, I would so love to host the World Cheese Awards. <laughs> You'd be a fantastic host. I'll I, nothing would give time. me more pleasure. I mean, I couldn't eat it or I'll go blind right there on the spot. But um, uh, oh, Wow, I want you to host the World Cheese Awards, too. And there's um, an American one, too, that happens every summer. It usually happens every summer. I think it's been canceled. Um, but called the American Cheese Awards. So and when people receive it, do they cry and shit and say you couldn't have I couldn't do this alone? If they're good farmers, they bring their animals up on stage with them because they should really be the ones receiving the award. But oh yeah, my god, generally. that would be such a great speech. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> well, in um uh, in Monty Python's Life of Brian, we learned blessed are the cheesemakers. Now we'll see if Paula can join those holy ranks when we return. <laughs> The Cat of the Week is Archie from Livermore, California. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect 
combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. And we're back on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone with cheesemonger Carly Lisk. Carly, this has been so fun so far. Um, yeah, it has room. Now, Carly, do you make cheese? I don't. And um, I sort of feel bad about that, but not really, because my general joke about that is that cheese making is mostly science and cleaning, and I don't really want to spend all my time doing either. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you're off the hook then. Now, let me ask you this. When, so you've been a cheesemonger for 10 years. When did the cut the cheese jokes first get really old for you? About two weeks in. Yeah. <laughs> It is incredible how often people will go to that. And I was working at a like a really high-end counter in a nice Manhattan restaurant, and people just are crazy with the fart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just shocks me that anyone would think that's funny. But then again, the Monty Python thing is a little is a little shocking that people would still do that, knowing that you're in a profession where you hear that all the time. And yeah. when I first started and I wasn't familiar with that sketch, people would be like angry at me for not playing along with them. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And for you, playing along with them just means telling them that you don't have things, right? <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> it's a good sketch. It's a good sketch. Um, I, I have to admit that I flared up a little bit when I realized that you hadn't 
ever seen that I Love Lucy episode, so I kind Triggered of understand you. those people. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Hulu that right now. Paul. Oh, you've got to. It's so funny. Plus, it's I Love Lucy. Um, now, let, let's get to cutting, to really cutting the cheese, because are, do you have any rules of thumb about, like, if, if we're having people over and we have cheese, how should we cut various cheeses not knowing as much as you do? Oh, cheesemonger. Well, well, first off, I would say ask the cheesemonger that you're buying it from because you can certainly, you know, go to your local supermarket and grab some stuff there. But if you're at a, a nicer market or you have a small independent shop in your area, definitely go to them because they're going to be like I am, haha, a wealth of knowledge. And they will literally, you can ask them, how should I cut this and present this? And they will tell you. Um, but the most important thing, it doesn't matter what it looks like, is how it tastes. And cheese should always be served at room temperature. Oh, so I didn't take know your cheese out of the fridge 20 to 30 minutes, maybe even longer if you have a really cold house before you serve it, because you want to be able to taste it. You know, I've wow. had a bad experience with that. I remember one time I was at 7-Eleven and I was getting the nachos and I was just about to uh, put the cheese on top of it, of the uh, chips. And I said to the guy, how should I do this? And he just stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's going to lead to a question that I do want to ask about, um, <laughs> which is, can we, let's take a minute and talk about melty cheeses. Now, this is just a very personal question. It has nothing to do with Paula's upcoming career. But I've recently started um, uh, making uh, Julia Child's, one of her many, recipes for French onion soup. And I'm using all mm. these different melty cheeses and trying to find the best ones for that. Currently, I'm using a mixture of about half Fontina and half Gruyere. What do you recommend for melty cheeses on something like French onion soup? Well, Gruyere is the classic. So anything from that family, like you said, you also do Fontina, which is from the Italian Alps, Comte from the French Alps. Anything made at that kind of elevation is going to melt really well and have a really nice, sharp, nutty flavor. Um, one of my favorites. So it's about elevation. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then I'll ask about elevation. Go ahead. Or you can just hold it up high. <laughs> <laughs> I brought up elevation because that's going to affect the flavor and how those cheeses are made, not necessarily their meltiness, but just the flavor wise. Um, but one of my favorite domestic cheeses to melt is actually from your guys's area um, from California. It's the Point Reyes Toma. And it's a really beautiful, buttery, semi-firm cow's milk cheese. That's sort of if you crossed a baby Huguda with a Havarti and it melts gorgeously. And a Corgi. Um, uh, uh, Carly, is there cheese snobbery? Like if I was having, A, if I had friends, B, if I could have them over, would there be something that I could particularly impress my friends with if I was like, oh, 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 oh have you tried the cheese? What would it be? Um, well, that definitely depends on your friend circle because if you have a group of food snobs, I would say anything French and washed rind or even um, some of the more domestic washed rinds that are bark wrapped, um, like Harbison out of Vermont or the Rush Creek Reserve out of Wisconsin. Those are kind of um, more buzzy, trendy cheeses that will kind of, you know, have the food world excited. But if it's just, uh, you know, if I'm just trying to impress my grandparents, something as simple as a Limburger might do. Oh, yeah. Now, Limburger was made famous in the 
uh, 20th century in cartoons as being maybe the stinkiest cheese in the world. Is that true? I think it's true that it was made famous for that, but I don't think it's true that it's the stinkiest, at least not the ones that they send over here to the States. We have way funkier French cheeses than okay. just Limburger. All right. Now I have an important question for you. And given what's gone before, I want you to answer this very carefully. Have you ever seen Abbott and Costello's Who Done It? with the scene where they're the short order cooks and there's a Limburger cheese sandwich ordered? No, I haven't. Oh, for Christ's sakes. Hey, Paula, <laughs> take it easy. You're not even a cheese no, back. No, I'm going to break you two up. I, I can't believe you don't know the I Love Lucy. You don't know the, oh, my heavens. Oh, he's going apoplectic on you, you and I you, apologize. You, 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 I apologize you, for my partner's behavior. You, it's no wonder you didn't graduate from Cheesemonger University. True. <laughs> oh, man. Cheesemonger you. And they had the best football team. Uh, all right. And all right. Here's here's a, a, an important question. Um. If the chips were down, can you even imagine? If the chips were down and I had to fill in for you, what are the top three things you would tell me before I, you know, got behind the cheese counter? I would tell you to be careful with a knife, first of all. I don't know your skills. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, I cut myself in half a couple of weeks ago. Don't ask Ed about it. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so you'd tell me to be careful with the knife, and then what else would you tell me, Carly? Be careful with the knife. Get people samples. You can tell people flowery words all day long, but they're not going to get the same experience as if they actually taste that cheese. So get uh-huh. a sample in their hand and in their mouth. And have fun and be engaging and tell a good story. So, like, I give somebody a sample, and then I say, you see that spot over there on the floor? And they go, yeah. And I go, I dropped that cheese over there a few minutes ago. And then I tell them a little story about how I dropped the cheese. That's one way to do it. <laughs> no, it's obviously not that's, the way to do that's it. That's an engaging little Very cheese nice story. Very nice of you, Thank but you. Thank you for sharing that cheese story. Can't believe that. Well, she's the co-owner of Culture Beer and Cheese in Brighton, Michigan. Thank you so much, Carly Lisk, for helping Paula learn how to get cheesier. Thank you guys for having me. Okay, now, Paula, what have you learned about cheesemongering, and could you do that job? All right, house band Dustin Moberg, if I could have a little background music from your terrific euphonium. Thank you. Uh, I think I could go from joke monger to cheesemonger, were it not for that little dairy product snag. I forgot to ask Carly how much it pays, but I'll bet I'd make a lot of money at it. I'd pull my Tesla with the 80-pound cheese wheels up to my specialty cheese chalet, roll the wheels in and check the cheese. I'd drain the blue cheese, check the colors and the sponginess on the others, cut away the extra curds and open for business. Yes, ma'am, may I help you? You're interested in a soft cheese with a buttery taste? Here, try a taste of this. It was made by Monk. No, not Monks. Monk, Tony Shaloub, the television detective with OCD. I have OCD. Here's a funny little story. I once cleaned a restaurant I worked in for 48 hours straight. I fell asleep while vacuuming. Yeah, really? Oh, you're late for work, huh? You'll come back. 
sure, sure, no problem. Sir, how can I help you? Oh, you want to try a little taste of this cheese here? It's a medium hard cheese. Here, I'll cut it in the shape of SpongeBob SquarePants for you. That reminds me of a funny little story. I used to make these comedy videos to get people through the time of COVID-19. They're still available on my website, which is paulapoundstone.com. Just click on the RX videos tab. I did a character named Rhonda Puckett. Uh, she had a cooking show called Cooking with Rhonda. And when it was easy to get produce but hard to get oatmeal, she showed people how to make an apple with oatmeal in it on a stick. She drilled a hole through the apple to put the oatmeal in. And of course, well, it was me. I nearly took my hand off with the drill. Oh, oh your wife is calling. I, I, I didn't even hear your phone ring. Huh. Ma'am, may I help you? B before I give you a cheese sample, I'd like to tell you a funny little story. <laughs> okay. Well... <laughs> it's really a perfect venue for me. Yeah, well... Um... Adam, answer the phone. What? Answer, answer the phone. Hold on, we're at the end of a very satisfying interview. I'm pretty much done here. Yeah, no, the phone's ringing. Answer the phone. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, hello? Hey, Adam. It's Mac. Uh, Mac Lapierre here. Uh, Mac, uh, Mac and Cheese, my friends. I, I, I gotta tell you, Adam. That, oh, hi, Mac. Oh, that, that, the cheese monger. Oh, my gosh. That was beautiful. I you just, liked her. I, I, I I, I love the whole cheese monger th uh, just so. I, I, you, you're going to have to stop me. I, 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 it's beautiful. Stop, Mac. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, no, I'll, I'll happily stop you. Mac, I'm kind of surprised because you don't strike me as an artisan cheese kind of guy. You strike me as a kind of guy yeah. who'd be happy to melt some Velveeta on some nachos. No, no, no. You got me all wrong, Adam. A anything involving cheese. A anything, you know, uh, uh, y you know, y you're hitting me where I live. Uh, all right, gotta go, gotta go. Okay, thank you, Mac. Uh, by the way, for those of you <laughs> keeping score, Mac uh, Lafontaine, La 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 Lafierre, he was our, um, he was our 80th caller. Yeah. Coming up, we have a real life nobody on the phone, and we're going to find out what makes them tick. That's when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And we're back. Thank you again to House Band and Nobody, Dustin Moberg. Hey, Adam, we are lucky enough to have Kelly Hausman, who generously made the high bid to join us on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, to benefit the Chris Everett Charities. Kelly, I'm going to guess there wasn't a huge bidding war, because nobodies are special. There, there aren't millions of them. Right, there aren't. and But we have fantastic exchanges with our nobodies on our Facebook page and, and, and through email. And some have even been our house band, as in, is the case with Dustin Moberg. So we know you're talented. We never get to actually talk to you, though. So, Kelly, we'd like to take advantage uh -huh. of having you on with us to get to study a nobody in the wild. Fantastic. Yes. I love it. We've prepared some questions, Kelly. Actually, before okay. we even begin, what do you do for a living? I am a mental health counselor. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have my own practice here in the Detroit area. This has got to be, um, how much does it in involve Motown? 
You know, I, I love the Motor City, Motown. We are maybe 10 minutes from Detroit, so a lot. Um, it's pretty uh, heavy here. My husband's a physician, so we've dealt with a lot of COVID. We've got hit pretty hard oh, here. Oh, so. no, I meant, I meant in, your, in your mental health practice, how much oh, did gosh, you use yeah, Motown that- music? Oh, you know, I have not yet, but I love the suggestion. It is not too late for that. I'm going to put that on a, a client. I, yes, I yes. got to tell you, Kelly, if if I was that polite about every one of uh, uh, Paula's suggestions, I'd, I'd never get out of the house in the morning. <laughs> I, can I see just that. think when you work in the mental health field and, and you live even 10 minutes outside of Detroit, how mm-hmm. can you go without using the song? I second that emotion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I love that. Emotion. All right, Kelly, we're going to we're going to ask you some penetrating or questions. Try a little ambient. Sure. Uh, you know, either one, whatever works. <laughs> try a little ambient. Okay, good. All right. So this is going to help us get a feel for who our nobodies are. Uh, okay. uh and, and Kelly, and you I are always... a nobody. You've been listening for a while, I take it. Yes, I love I love you guys. It's really exciting to be on here and I'm ready Excellent. for your questions. All right, here we go. Dachshund, golden doodle, or parakeet? Mm, golden yeah. doodle. Oh, oh, that surprises me. <laughs> that really surprises me. Okay, Kelly, sandals with socks are or oh. are not a reason for concern. They are a big reason. And that's for from concern. a mental that's health a red professional. Flag. Red flag, yes. people. Final answer. No, that really surprises me. Really? Because oh, boy. I, I, maybe it's my age. I don't know. I just finally, like within the last, I don't know, several years, I suppose, I have gotten to where sometimes there's a temperature that, you know, sometimes it's a little bit brisk, but it's not cold, cold. <laughs> And socks and sandals are the perfect combination. Are they? Yeah. No, Paula, they're not. I mean, it's it's like asking if if you're going to go out wearing a jacket, should you should you sunblock up your torso? I mean, what's the point? It's just. Well, the point is that it's not cold, cold, but it's still a little bit brisk, and so you want to have the sandal, but you but you know. That's my point. Kelly, I'm with you. I'm with you, Kelly. Kelly, my, my point my okay. point is clear. This, okay, this really surprises me. It's going to turn out that nobody's are like the polar opposite of me. Um, <laughs> all right, how about this one? No, I know we're simpatico on this one. Masks or global annihilation? Oh, gosh. Oh, so this you know, is really... For the sake of humanity... So for the sake of humanity, I have to go with the mask. I can't believe you were like on the fence for even a second on that. It took a second, but. I'm going to go with that too. Yeah. I think you made the right choice, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay. All right. Here's one. There's not even either or. Nuts? Sure, sure. Yeah. Wow. You were you were stunned by the question, by the depth of the question. Yes. Um, but but oh my God. but as, very, as a mental deep. health professional, how do you feel about the word itself? You know, it depends on what context. If we're talking like uh, a nut medley, uh, I'm down for it. Nuts, crazy. I don't know. I might lean out of, of those. Yeah, yeah, no. Depending on the context, though. Yeah, you know? sure. I, I absolutely meant it as a, as a food source. Oh. There you go. I'm yeah. all for it. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Uh, Kelly, Tiki Birds at Disney. Yes. Enjoyable or should be released into the wild? 
Oh, gosh. My bleeding heart for animals says just release them into the wild. Okay, you two. They're not real birds. (laughs) (laughs) They're animatronic birds with amusing accents in the tiki room, outside of which is sold a unique dull pineapple soft serve ice cream. There's no, this isn't even a question. It's a question. But they've never been outside of their room. They're robots. The Florida sun. (laughs) You're both insane. Kelly, you are so sensitive that you would even have a robotic bird uh, released. I I return to my, I return to the previous question. Nuts. (laughs) More dip. Um, All right. uh, Um. That's what I'm going to say when I host the Cheesemonger Awards. Um, uh, okay, double stuff Oreos or standard stuff Oreos? Oh, that's not even a question. Well, you have to go with the mega stuffed now. Those are even Whoa. better. So if I have to pick double stuff, but normally, have you seen the mega stuffed ones? They're like triple have, it, or quadruple it the amount. It didn't seem Those like the amazing. right ratio to me. So I've not really, oh, but I have definitely so done the double stuff and... Uh-huh. The chocolate covered. I never see those at all anymore oh, yeah. because apparently they just killed too many people. Um, <laughs> uh, those are so good. Um, now, wait, I have. Oh, a, I want to. Oh, okay. you got some questions, I Adam? Got a couple ahead. questions because uh, although questions about golden doodles, Oreos, and global annihilation are pertinent, we have an actual nobody on the on the show. So I want to <laughs> ask you the kind of things that get discussed on on our Facebook page, which now, is. I'm getting a very clear mm-hmm. picture. I know you of are. This, yep. Of this core sample, nobody. But if it's okay with you, Paul, I just want to ask her a couple of questions, which is, um, so Kelly, you've been listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the favorite things that you have that you like to hear us do on the show? Oh, gosh. I mean, whether it's My Thomas Coyne. I can't Coyne imagine or... what that might be. This is so much pressure. I can't even imagine who oh you gosh. might enjoy on the show, Kelly. Mrs. Culpepper, <laughs> stop trying to put your thumb on the scale. You don't have thumbs. <laughs> Uh, Kelly, how, what, have you, do you notice my ruby red dress? I'm wondering. Uh, it's very, it's especially beautiful today. No, if it's the collars or the hand puppets <laughs> or the movie reviews or the uh, or the segments involving oh, Captain gosh. Crinkle, is there anyone that stands out to you as like I want to hear that? Hmm. Um, I'm a pretty big entertainment buff, so movie reviews, yeah. uh, pop culture, things like that are kind mm-hmm. of great. Or, and what should yeah, we stop to doing? Me, yeah. Wait a minute. Let's just back up a minute. Did you think that my description, what was the Tom Cruise movie we did, Adam? Tom Cruise movie. (laughs) Was it Mission Mission Impossible 5, I think? Did you think that my description of Tom Hanks' nipples as Reese's peanut butter cups, did you think that was accurate? Wow. Oh my gosh, you know? Yeah, that it painted a picture. I didn't even need to see the visual. I could just yeah. you, your voice took me there. That's a very specific so, yes. question. But yes. but no, Kelly, what do you need mm-hmm. us to stop doing? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's so much negativity in the world. Like we can turn on the news or go on social media and get garbage right now. So you guys just keep doing what you're doing now. It's nice for an escape for to laugh at things. Um, we need this. So don't change anything. Just wow. keep going wow. and making us laugh because we need less seriousness okay. right you now. Even, oh you even think there's gosh. not too much like Bonnie Burns on the show? Okay. No, keep going with it. Like I said, do your thing. It's a random yes. question out of nowhere. Okay. I want to double up on our Bunny Burns. <laughs> I kind of yes. do, too. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> I agree. I second that. I want to have the same ratio of Bonnie Burns that I have of Oreo stuffing. <laughs> 
That's how I feel. We've kind of got double stuff already, but if you want to go to mega stuff, I, I'm I'm in favor. I okay. might have to. You know what? I might have, have to, to at least check those so out. That's a good idea, Kelly. Maybe for yeah, next week, really I'll do good. a little taste test on the. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have yeah. to. Yeah, maybe yeah. when I go to the cheesemonger, I'll stop by the cookie aisle and get some. Uh, get some du- some <laughs> balance some it mega, out. Mega yes. stuff Oreos. Well, I cannot thank you enough for uh, joining us. And for contributing to the um, Chris Everett Charities. Of course. And uh, this was really fun. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, Thank you, Kelly. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. So that's what the nobodies are like. Well, that's what one nobody is like. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but yeah, the I thing is that right. we couldn't get her to say anything she disliked about the show. And I'm curious to know whether it was because she was being polite to us because we were on the show or whether, unlike a lot of nobody, she doesn't have any problems with any part of the show. No, I think she's a – Kelly sounded like a really positive person mm-hmm. um, and seemed to see the value of that in life, especially at this time. Yeah. So I think – whereas many of our listeners do write in to Facebook, and, and we'll find out on Mailbag. But um, Mailbag! Th- I, thank you. Uh, there are some people with some complaints. Oh, that was my point. I, I thought that maybe inside the soul of every nobody, there was that one moment when they're on the highway on the way to work and they just – hear that segment and go like oh my god are we really talking about the tripoly blend again yeah although no i don't think they ever think that no because a lot of people are are really impressed with the tripoly blend because it's remarkably soft and it's what my my t-shirts are made out of they're made of a remarkably soft tripoly blend it is remarkably soft full stop and they have a a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back and And that part is true as well at this point, they're limited edition uh-huh. um, because this particular quote, which I can't even remember off the top of my head, mm-hmm. uh, the memorable quote, uh, I'm going to change it soon. And Are you so really? The, I am. And what can I say? People collect wow. them all. Get them now uh, while yeah. you can. We'll be yeah. back with more Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone after this. Fun fact, in the state of Utah, it's literally illegal to curse in front of a dead person, which led to multiple arrests at Salt Lake City Cemetery Repertory Theater's production of The Big Lebowski. Adam! Adam, yeah. Yeah. Answer the phone. Really? Yeah, yeah, answer we're the phone. Kind of winding down, I thought. Um, no, but... answer the phone. All right, all right. Um, hello. Um, oh, uh, hello. You're on. Hello. Well, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Hello, a- Adam. Am I the hundredth caller? Uh, no, I I believe you're caller number uh, eighty-one right now. It, it's me, Winnie Rose Feynman, and oh, I'm so excited to talk to you, okay. Adam. Uh, Brian Cranston is gonna shit. I, I, I am so mad at him for starring in a production of Love Letters. Before we could get the rights, this will show him. Well, yeah. Did, now, now, did, Winnie, did for you, our listeners who don't you, know you, yes. Um, yes. You you have roped me into somehow, and I'm getting legal letters about this. I'm, I got a summons the other day to doing a production of A.R. Gurney's Love Letters, and then at some theater on Long Island, and then it turned out the that... The Herschel Bernardi Jr. Community Theater right. on Huntington... Long Island. 
Right. And then it turned out that whether or not I wanted to do this, Brian Cranston, during this stay at home order, the quarantine, has uh, uh, scooped us, as it were, by uh, doing a production of that online. The bastard. Yeah, well. He did. I I thought I liked Brian Cranston, but I don't like him anymore. I'll tell you that. Okay, Winnie, that's fine. Did you get did you get the script I sent you for Zoom Breaking Bad? Yes, I I I did, I, uh, Winnie. I I sent it to Tony Anita Hull. Did you when did you what day did you get it? I don't remember what day I got it. I just know that I got it along with a with a court order that I had to rehearse it with you, which was a little weird. I mean, it uh, people get stalkers. That happens every once in a while. But Winnie, you've actually engaged some legal help in this. I'm not stalking you, Adam. I'm rehearsing with you. All right, let's let's rehearse. Do you do you have your your script there, uh, Winnie? I just want to say I haven't read it yet, but I'm already super uncomfortable. But I will read it. This is a production of Breaking no, Bad. No, it's you know what? It's you're gonna be very very good in this. I have a strong feeling about this. I All am right. Unco- okay. You begin. Do you see where it says Walt? You are Walt, and I am Skyla. Okay, okay, here we go. Go ahead, go ahead, Walt. I'm going to use your stage name. Just go ahead, Walt. Thank you. Okay, here I go. So you can be more in character. No, I get it, Winnie. Okay, Okay. go ahead, Walt. Okay. Here I go. I am so upset that I have cancer. I need a hobby to distract myself. Well, it better not be manufacturing methamphetamine. Skyla begins working in the kitchen. Of course, I'm not going to manufacture methamphetamine. Why would you say that? We hear pots clanging as she rummages in a cabinet. Walt, I can't find my pot. Are you using it to manufacture (laughs) methamphetamine? Skyler, stop saying that. No, of course not. I would never do anything that would endanger this family. I I love you, Skyler. I love everything about you. I always have. Sometimes I think about just kissing you all over. Every last part of you. Slowly. And I get weak in the knees. This is really good, Adam. I don't want to do this. Keep going. Keep going, Walt. Keep going. Um, I love you. When you go downtown on me, (laughs) I have to hold on to the sheets or I'll fly to the moon. (laughs) They played that Petula Clark song at the grocery store when I went to pick up celery and milk, and I had to go to the men's room. You don't have to manufacture methamphetamine, Walt. There are other hobbies. Walt moves towards Skyla. Okay. Takes her in his arms, presses his lips to hers. Really? His fingers lift her dress. Oh, Jesus. And his weenie bulges at his zipper. What? Um, no, Adam, it's oh my God. Okay, I, I see it. Oh my God, I love you. You could always. 
guys collect stamps. They just put out a series with highways on them. And the lights go out. Oh my god. Oh, Adam, Netflix is gonna hound us for a deal with this powerful work, but let's hold out. Uh, Winnie, I don't even have a vocabulary to express how uncomfortable reading that scene with you made me. Well, you were very good. I could really <laughs> feel... I could really feel your weenie pushing oh, on the no, 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 no! <laughs> no. I don't want to hear that, Winnie. Oh, God, no! I could, I could really feel... What I liked about your performance is oh. how you you restrained yourself. You didn't just... You know, it wasn't over the top. I like that a lot. It was restrained. It was, you could feel the emotion. Really? Without, you, you, oh, it was beautiful. Winnie, it, this I'm is. I'm telling you, this Netflix is one of the is single worst things that's ever happened to me. I, I, I can't believe that I had to read that scene with you. It was just, it was indecent. And, and, and to be, to be frank with you, it felt like a fan fantasizing about some dialogue they wanted to have with someone they admired. Wait, no, that's, that's exactly what it was. What it it was. was no, what I did was I took Breaking Bad and I made it Zoom Breaking Bad. I'm telling I you, know Brian, what you Brian Kristen did. is going to shit. Look, I keep working on it, and I like how you kept it, you know, how you kept it kind of tight. I like that. So yeah. keep working on it. Try to oh make it God. more and more real. I'm going to have to go. I'm uh, going to have to lawyer up. It was... It was really good talking with you, Adam. That was oh my. that was fantastic. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to have to lawyer up. Okay, well, wow. So that happened, Paula. Yeah, boy, you were good. What? Yeah, you were really good. You you know, really uh, underplayed. That, that didn't bug you at all? In what way? Well, like, as my friend, even. Just the, the fact that, that this random, somewhat crazed fan is making me perform overtly sexual scenes with her uh, uh, on, on Adam, the air. Adam, every... It, when, when people are actors and actresses, don't, don't, don't let Lady Gaga and what was the guy she performed with? Bradley Cooper. Yeah, don't let that fool you. They were just actors. There's an actor and an actress. Yeah, but I'm not Jeez. an actor. I'm a... I'm an, no, uh, you were in that a, scene, a man. legally were... compelled podcast host. No, I, no, you I, were, you were, you were powerful. That well, was, that I, was I, really, yeah, yeah. Well, I do, no, I do appreciate. That was appreciate really that. fantastic. Okay. If they do another Breaking Bad, you're in. I don't want to be. Speaking of hotel subs, so Paula, we want to hear from all our nobodies, so they can email us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com If you want wait, to submit wait, Adam, to your answer the phone. What? Adam, Adam, answer oh, the phone. As long as it's not Winnie again, please tell me it's not Winnie again. I don't know who it is. Answer the phone. How Jeez. am I supposed to know? I'm not. All right, go ahead. Hello. Answer the phone. Hello, Adam. This is yes. Gladdy Pilgrim. Am oh, I Gladdy. the 100th caller? You're not. You're caller number 82, Gladdy, but you oh, you might not believe this, but I'm... Sticks. Oh, don't, don't swear in front of me, Gladdy. Uh, for all we know, there's a, there's a Utah here. I took time away from baking a cake for my future co-workers to make this call. Oh. Uh, future co-workers? Oh, you mean the Supreme Court? You're the caller who believes that you're baking a cake for the members of the Supreme Court, which you are soon to join. Yes, I am. And I'm giving the largest piece to Kavanaugh and the smallest piece to Chief Justice Roberts. Cake justice is not blind, Adam. 
Okay. We have got to get him out of there, Adam. He, his cheese is coming off his burger. I don't know why Julia Roberts ever married him. Ju- I'm, I'm pretty sure that Julia Roberts never did marry Chief Justice J- John Roberts. I, I think they did. <laughs> He's Chief Justice Roberts, and she's Julia Roberts. Yeah, but there's a po- distinct possibility that there's more than one set of Roberts out there. You don't think he married Eric Roberts, do you? Oh, no. that explains everything. Oh, my gosh, no. we have got to get him out of there. I told the president that I will replace Chief Justice Roberts at any time. May it please the sure Lord for me that. to please the court. I am ready to hear oral arguments, which I much prefer to the other kind. <laughs> you prefer oral arguments to what other kind? You know. (laughs) No, Gladie, I don't know. Oh, I hate to say it. Anal. Oh, my God. No, for for Christ's sakes, Gladie, there's no such thing as anal arguments. There is two. Which one of us has been studying to be the new Chief Justice? I have, Adam. Okay. Now, I would love to hang out with you after the game, but whereas, and I hope you heard that word, whereas. I have. Because it's one of my Supreme Court vocabulary words that I have seamlessly incorporated into my conversational speech. Debatable. Whereas, I am not the hundredth caller and have so much work to do, I will have to recess right now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Wow. And, uh... With that, Gladdy Pilgrim has recessed. Paula, how are you feeling about Gladdy Pilgrim these days? I think I, my guess is she's going to end up on the Supreme Court. <laughs> it's distinctly possible. Uh, in any case, as I was saying, uh, if you want to submit something to our theme song contest or a vocabulary song, feel free. Again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And remember, my store is at paulapoundstone.com. You can get the Poundstone Pussy Pillows, which are four by five. I've been four and a half by five. (laughs) Apparently, I've been... I've been diminishing the size when I describe them here. They're four and a half by five inches. Oh, and that Uh, extra half inch is pure bliss for your kitty. It is. And they have a grommet uh, in case you want to tie a string around it and pull it for the cat. But it's a little pillow uh, of catnip. And on one side, there is a cat joke. And the other side, I am happy to autograph it to your cat. And if you go to paulapoundstone.com to the store, you can, uh, there's an online form, sorry, that you can fill out uh, and put in the name of your cat for me to sign it. Also, my book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness. And, oh, most importantly, uh, prescription laughter videos, uh, my comedy videos that I've been making during the stay-at-home order are available at paulapoundstone.com. And uh, just as a plug and also an apology, um, a lot of you know that um, I have taken advantage of the marketing niche created by the fact that Paula Poundstone does not um, actually tie a string to the grommet on her offensively titled Poundstone Pussy Pillows. And I've taken advantage of that by offering my own less offensive Felber's Feline Fun Bags where you send me a pussy pillow, I return it with a string attached to the grommet and uh, an autograph. And that's a Felber Feline Fun Bag. The bad news is that our first customer, uh, nobody, Brooke Giddings, uh, sent me a video the other day. And apparently, after several weeks of fun time play with her cat, the um, Felber Feline Fun Bag string attached to the grommet broke. Um, Brooke, I, I promise to refund the cost of your Felber Feline Fun Bag string. And um, 
It is it is quite disheartening to see the video of the cat suddenly realizing that it was no longer playing with its owner thanks to the breaking of the string. I will um in future, any of you who want a Felber feline fun bag, I will use a higher grade of string or twine on that fun bag. Yeah, this is exactly why I didn't provide the string. You can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're all over the place. And check out our Facebook page at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our guests, Carly Lisk and Kelly Hausman. And thanks to our house band, Dustin Moba. We really appreciate that. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Thanks to former intern Doug. We didn't mention Doug Burns on the show tonight, but again, his murder was mysterious. Um, I recently learned that Doug had a falling out with our new host, Starburns Productions, headed by Land Romo, who's in our credits tonight, too. Apparently, Land and Doug had a falling out. We'll get back to that at a future date. Technical direction by Jessica Gutierrez. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? <laughs> yeah, I was sorry to sandwich that in on the end, but I, I recently yeah, reserved. I was, it's it stunned me. So well, you know, so we late. we moved to to Starburns Audio, and apparently yeah. uh, Doug and Land never hit it off. Wow. So Land is what a per, a person of interest in the in the Doug Burns. I'm just received. I don't know if he's a person. I mean, I'm interested, but that's yeah. all I know. Wow. Huh. Yeah, so they found him. Uh, uh, he was photographed by Annie Leibovitz. Is that correct? Doug was, yes. Yeah, Yeah. Doug was photographed by Annie Leibovitz. They found a copy of your novel, um, with, uh, uh, that, and it, the corner of the novel fit into the dent in the side of Doug's That's, head. That could be it. He could have fallen onto the book after he'd been murdered. Yeah. When, when was the last time you heard about somebody falling onto a book that left a dent in their head? Well, you never know. Oh. It's, it's, a, it's a substantial work. Although sometimes when I read late at night and then uh, I fall asleep, right. um, that's why I don't like a hardcover book because it'll just drop right down on my head. Um, it hasn't ever actually killed me. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, boy. Can you hear my dog barking? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was so close to Doug. Star Bands Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.